So we've been, um, we've been walking down this path series, and yes, that was a pun. <laughs> you can laugh later, it's okay. Um, we've been walking down this path series, and, and I've got a lot to talk about tonight, and, and we got a, sh- a shortened amount of time than normal, so I'm going to have to fly through it. Uh, but, but if you guys just stick with me, focus, pay attention, uh, we'll get through this. So, so far on this past series, we've talked about passive destruction and passive redemption. Okay, and tonight we're going to talk about the most important path you could ever walk down. And, and I know that people always love to throw out the greatest ever adjective without a whole lot of meaning. Like the, the term GOAT for crying out loud is like a real acronym now. Like everything's the GOAT, you know, the greatest of all time. Like, and we always say like, this is the best food ever. This is the greatest thing that's ever. And so like a lot of times when we use this term greatest ever or most important or things, it kind of loses its meaning, right? Because we use it so much, it it doesn't mean as much. But realistically, guys, this is the most important, no ifs, ands, or buts, the most important path you could ever and should ever walk down. So why is this path? What is this path? And why is it so important? Guys, this is the path of salvation. Now, now, don't get this confused with the path of redemption that we talked about last week. Because they're kind of similar, but they're entirely different. Redemption means coming back from something like if, you, if you've been hurt or you've been you know, knocked down. It's like to redeem, redemption is like getting up and fighting back and winning. Or if you've been... If you've been in trouble and you you got in in some sort of punishment or something and it's to come back from that and to become a better person like that's redeeming yourself a redeeming quality and stuff like that. And and so when we look at this idea of redeeming, it's, it's this idea of coming back from a bad place, whereas salvation is more of a saving. Right. It's it's literally defined as saving someone or something from harm, ruin or loss. So what does this path of salvation mean for us? And, and what, could it possibly be, what could it possibly be protecting from harm or loss? And, and so we're going to jump into Matthew 7. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 7. And we're going to look at what Jesus, Jesus actually talks about paths. And you know, it's interesting when we look at scripture, Jesus uses a lot of metaphors. And often he uses like a lot of farming metaphors and like a lot of like, animal metaphors and things. And well, that's what they had around, right? Like when he looked, he'd be like, take this cow, for example, because there'd be like a cow or a sheep or whatever. Like that's what they had available to use metaphors. And so it's no surprise that he actually uses a path as a metaphor because they literally had dirt paths, right? That's what he traveled on. That's what he walked on. (laughs) So let's see what Jesus says about this path in, in Matthew seven, starting in verses 13 and 14 says, enter, uh, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. We've talked about that, right? And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So we see here that Jesus talks about the path of destruction that we've talked about previously. And he says that this, the, the gate is wide and the path is broad. Meaning like if, if you guys, I don't know how many of you guys can drive in here, but it means it's like 
an interstate with like two on-ramps, okay? Like, I mean, a lot of people can get on and a lot of people can travel it. That's what it's designed for. So this path of destruction is designed to be something that many, many people travel down. And as we talked about the path of destruction a couple weeks ago, we can understand how people continually, lots of people continually travel down this path. But then he says, the path to life, and we'll talk about what that is, but the path to life The gate is small and the path is narrow. I imagine not even a two lane road. You know, sometimes when you're traveling on two lane roads and you reach it where a sign says one lane bridge ahead, like that's the worst, right? Like you're like, oh my gosh, what if another car comes? This is going to be bad, right? So it's like this idea that getting onto the road is challenging enough, but then traveling down the road is even more challenging. So let's look at this idea of the path of life, the path to life. So what does this mean? What, what is this that, that he means when he says the path to life? When, when, it, when we look at it, like we're alive right now, right? So, so the path to life is obviously not, um, you know, the path to life is not something we haven't, discovered or something we haven't gone through, right? We're all alive. Can we all agree that we're alive? Let's, everyone's looking a little zoned out right now. Okay. Can we all raise our hand and admit that we are alive? Okay. We're all alive. So this path to life is something that theoretically we've all experienced. So why would we need a path to life that he's talking about? And wouldn't the path to life be a wide gate and really broad because everyone goes down if it's alive? He's not talking about being physically alive here. Right, We can understand that because he's talking about the road being narrow, the gate being small. And we look at a number of voice, verses in scripture that point to what the road of life or the road to life means. But ultimately, we come back to this verse that I bet almost everyone in here could recite to me because it's the most popular scripture in all the Bible is John 3.16, right? Yes? Do we all know John 3.16 or is that just an Oklahoma thing? Okay, we're just making sure. Okay. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, right? This is the life that we're talking about. It's not this physical life that we're all living, not this life that we are all going through together. That is a broad road, right? Everybody's on it, okay? But this path, this gate and this path to eternal life is what he is talking about. And see, when it says... um, Shall not perish, right? He's not talking about the physical act of dying, right? Like when it says, shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's not talking about avoiding physical death. So when it says this salvation and it's saving us from harm or loss, it's not physical loss of our life, right? It's not avoiding a physical death. The path that Jesus was referring to in Matthew 7 was a path to eternal life or or what so many people say as a path to heaven, Guys, that's what salvation is about. Salvation is about saving you, protecting you, guarding you, not from a physical death, not from physical harm, not from physical ruin, but from spiritual death. Romans 3.23, I'm sure a lot of you know this. We're going to talk about a lot of popular verses tonight, but Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says for the, that the punishment of our sin, the wages of sin, what you earn when you sin, and everyone sinned, right? So we all have earned death. The wages of sin is death. And this is not, like I said, a physical death. It's a spiritual and ultimately an eternal death. This path, this path of salvation is about saving us from an eternal death and an eternal separation from God. And not just an eternal separation from God, but ultimately an eternal separation from everything good. Okay? The salvation that the Bible talks about teaches and teaches that something designed to save us from spiritual destruction. <clears throat> and guys, like I know we throw around words and say things all the time, but, but I'm not playing around here when I talk about this idea of spiritual destruction. Because we're being saved. Um, what we're being saved from is the real deal. Like hell is a real place. Like I hope you guys understand that. And we use the word hell in our, in our common vocabulary now as like, you know, just an insult or if you're wanting to, you know, make someone mad or I don't, we use it almost as a profanity. Some people consider it a curse word, but hell is not just a word or a bad word. It's a legitimate, real spiritual place. Okay. And it, and it is far worse and it is far scarier than we can imagine in the same way that heaven is greater and, and more majestic and any word you want to use to like we cannot comprehend how wonderful heaven is in the same way our brains cannot comprehend how horrible hell is and, and you know i get that there's always a couple people who want to feel like they're cool and tough or just want to be kind of stubborn but if i were to offer you if i were to just come up to any of you on the street and say hey i've got a way to to help you avoid spending not just any time in hell, but eternity, like longer than you can ever imagine. Like I've got a way to prevent you from going through literally the worst thing that could ever happen to you ever. Most of you would be like, okay, I'm listening. Like you'd be like, I'm interested in what you have to say to protect me from this eternal damnation. Every single one of you should be in here craving that and desiring that at all costs. <laughs> However, when I look at this path of salvation, there is no cost. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do to, to gain ourselves protection, to gain ourselves safety from this place called hell. Nor are we required to do anything to achieve this sort of salvation. Jesus says the gate to the path of salvation is narrow. That's because the narrow gate he cites here is himself. And, and we know this because in other places of the scripture, we see Jesus claim himself. And then we see other people who knew Jesus claiming that he is the only way to salvation. John 14, 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Acts 4.12 says there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And then the ending of Romans 6.23, we said for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. 
Guys, scripture over and over again tells us that Jesus is the only way for us to have salvation and safety and protection from hell. And not just protection from hell, but granted eternal life in heaven with God. <clears throat> and guys, it's, it's, it's just crushes my soul because I live in the same world you guys do. And I see this world continually telling us that there are many ways that you can be saved. There's so many ways that you can achieve entrance into heaven, that you can be a good person, that you can be, now this is like a hot button word in our society, that you can be an accepting person, right? You, you accept people for who they are, that that would make you a good person. Or if maybe you're a, a loving person and you just love people and animals and plants in the world and like, our world tells us there are so many ways to get to heaven. And, and honestly, there are, even, there are even religions that teach that you can pay for your way to heaven. But not just that you can pay for your way to heaven, but at someone's funeral, you can pay for their way to heaven. Like there are seriously religions that, that teach this kind of stuff. <laughs> and guys, if you believe the Bible, like we come in here every week and I teach from the Bible and I don't think, I don't know if you guys really sit around and think about whether or not the Bible's actually true. I hope that you do. And I hope that you question that. And I hope you look into it. Because honestly, if you look at the historical, uh, like the, the historical aspect of the Bible, it is legitimately the most historically accurate document in the history of man. Like you can look at the, the, the transcripts and the manuscripts and everything they have of the Bible. And it is the most accurate Literary work known to man. So if we believe the Bible and its historical accuracy and its application to our lives, then we have to believe that the one and only way to be saved from this death sentence, this eternal death sentence that we deserve through our sinful nature, right? Everyone sinned and the wages of sin is death, eternal death. So this, this death sentence that we all have is through this narrow gate that is Jesus. How can this be? How can Jesus be this gate? <clears throat> well, theologically speaking, if you know what the Bible says, the Bible clearly states that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is God Himself, right? Uh, the first chapter of John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is Jesus. Guys, Jesus is not just a person. Yes, he was a human, but he's not just a regular human. He is the, the epitome of God coming in the form of a man. And that sounds crazy to us, but guys, it's in the Bible. And like I just said, the Bible is historically proven to be accurate. God came in the form of a man. And why did he do this, right? Because when we sin against God, we've wronged God in, in a way that is a spiritual, like we, we owe him a debt, right? If you do something wrong, you owe someone. Do we all agree in that? And when we do something wrong against God, we owe him a debt. And we owe him a debt that we can't pay because we owe him a God debt, okay? We'll just call it a God debt, okay? And so a God debt had to be paid for by God himself. But God, being who he is, cannot pay that debt for us. So he had to come to earth as a human and suffer and die the physical death that we deserve to pay this for us. Do we understand how this God debt was paid by Jesus because he is God? 
Like that, that's, the, that's the theological aspect behind why Jesus is the only gate to the path of salvation. Guys, so we know now that, that, that Jesus is the gate. And we know that the gate code, if you will, or the gate password is Jesus. <clears throat> so if we know where the gate is, we know what the gate is, and we know how to get in the gate. The only question left is how do we go down the path of salvation? I'm going to read for you guys in Romans 10. <clears throat> if you don't want to turn there, you can just write down Romans 10 verses 9, 10, and 13. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, I told you there is nothing you can do. There is no steps you can take to fulfill this God debt that you owe. But if you know that the gate is Jesus, and if you know why the gate is Jesus, that he is God's son that died in your place because you couldn't, and you truly believe that in all your heart, these things to be true, it says right here that if you, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, because what does it say? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. So if you truly believe that tonight, I want you to really think if you truly believe that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is God and he came to die for you tonight. If you truly believe that, guys, you are justified. That's what that says, that you are atoned. Justification means that that your sins have been paid for, right? With Jesus' death, if you believe that he did that, then you're justified. That's all it takes is, is believing with your heart. But then the second part of that is that if you confess with your mouth, because it says it's with your mouth you confess and you are saved. <clears throat> Guys, if you truly believe what I was saying tonight, that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for you. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and call upon his name tonight and you will be saved. It's one thing to be justified. It's another to be saved. This is your chance to find someone and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to pray for you guys. Haley's going to lead in one song. And then if, if you made that decision tonight, if you trusted in Jesus for the first time, if you would just go to the back of the room, uh, that just find someone to talk to. God, thank you so much. <clears throat> thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for this path of salvation that you provide for us, an opportunity to, to have eternal life with you, God. God, we thank you that you are opening this gate to us. God, we know the gate is small and the path is narrow, but we praise you for opening it to us, God. And we just pray that at this time, you would give boldness to those who raise their hand to go find someone to, to talk to, to tonight, that they would have someone to talk to that could lead them in a relationship with you, God. God, I pray for these students. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys-